Welcome to Voices. I'm Amy Luna. You're listening to the second in a series of introductory podcasts anticipating the world premiere of my Voices Fine Art Collection of Upcycled Garments, representing icons of humanity, past and present, real and fictional, that launches on Women's Equality Day, August 26, 2020, which, this year, is also the centennial of women's suffrage. In this episode, we're going to unpack the truth about beauty. Full disclosure, I am a beauty fanatic. I spend a good part of my day devoted to beauty. I deliberately crafted a lifestyle in which I have the time and energy to focus on beauty. I'm able to do this because I spend very little time putting on makeup, styling and coloring my hair, or painting my nails. Keeping my nails trimmed short and wearing functional shoes designed for the human anatomy also promotes my beauty lifestyle. Because I have a very different definition of beauty than how the loudest voices in our culture use the word. In fact, if you Google beauty definition, the result is beauty, noun, one, a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight. I was struck by her beauty. Two, a beautiful woman. She was considered a great beauty in her youth. (laughs) That's actually what it says. I'm not making that up. Now, to unpack the truth of beauty, we first have to understand that there are different types of truth. There's accepted truths, which may or may not be true. There's provable truths, which pretty much are true. There's multiple truths, which is the default in any human communication. And then there are half-truths, which seem true, but are lies of omission. Much of how we think about beauty are half-truths. For example, in a 2010 interview, Playboy founder Hugh Hefner proudly proclaimed, quote, The notion that Playboy turns women into sex objects is ridiculous. Women are sex objects. If women aren't sex objects, there wouldn't be another generation. It's the attraction between the sexes that makes the world go round. That's why women wear lipstick and short skirts. Unquote. Well, duh, isn't that obvious? Hmm. Women are sex objects. And women are sex objects subjects. And men are sex objects. And men are sex subjects. Because every person of any sex who walks the earth with a brain that perceives the world around them is the subject of their own reality and the object of other people's reality. It's a basic law of the physics of human consciousness that We all are objects and subjects. Hef's half-truth, therefore, is really a dangerous lie of omission. It feels true because it is true. Half-true. There's a word for framing one demographic as objects for the use and consumption of another demographic. Dehumanization. When you take away someone's subjective personhood, you dehumanize them. 
Playboy magazine dehumanized women as a class, not because its content was sexually explicit, but because of its implicit bias in only presenting women as objects, but not as subjects, convincing both men and women of the same, and conducting a campaign to gaslight anyone adverse to women being portrayed as dehumanized objects as sex negative. If Hugh Hefner really believed that it's the attraction between the sexes that makes the world go round, if he understood that attraction is reciprocal, he would have also championed the idea that men are sex objects to straight women, and that both men and women are sex subjects. Instead of Hefner starting a magazine like Playgirl or even sharing it on, in 1973, he sued Playgirl magazine for copyright infringement. Our media culture takes as gospel many half-truths about beauty, such as beauty is human, beauty is female, beauty is youthful, beauty is thin, beauty is Caucasian, beauty is a commodity, thereby convincing the world that women are for viewing while men are for doing. Men act. Women are acted upon. Men subject. Women object. And this half-truth, that women are objects without their own subjective view of life around them, plays out in some of our most intimate human experiences. For example, it's still the norm in heterosexual intimate relationships, and even framed as romantic, for the man to propose life partnership while the woman waits to be offered life partnership. Wait a minute, Amy Luna. Are you saying that men can't appreciate a beautiful woman? Not at all. I'm saying that there's a person behind that object you are observing, so act like it. When a woman expresses her subjective reality, that she does not feel complimented when a man publicly expresses his perception of her as an object. Believe her. The loudest voices in our culture speak as though all women accept this half-truth. During the pandemic, we've been told how women are rethinking beauty standards like wearing makeup and even wearing a bra, even though we've been hearing jokes about women's libbers burning their bras for decades. With hair salons closed, we can't dye our gray hair. What do we do now? Newsflash, people. There are countless women and even men who already rejected the half-lie that women are sex and beauty objects. In 2019, Jean Kilborn celebrated four decades of teaching media literacy to America's youth on the dehumanizing objectification of women in our media culture. The documentary of her presentation, Killing Us Softly, was first released in 1979 and revised and updated four times since then. We needed five documentaries over four decades because while many women and men got hip to this hypocrisy, our media culture only doubled down and escalated women's object status. So each generation has had to reinvent the wheel, and one undaunted woman has to keep single-handedly reminding each new generation that 
women are people too. Kilborn has spoken at over half of the universities in the United States and was inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame in 2015. I was in my teens when I got this message to reject the half-truth of my object status. Shout out to Jean. Thank you, Dr. Kilborn. So, I'm not sure why every article I read 40 years later, during a 2020 pandemic, assumes women on the whole buy into objectified definitions of so-called feminine beauty. And it's not only women who reject their object status who are made invisible. Men who honor women's subjectivity and personhood are shamed and shunned as not being real men. It's manly to sexually objectify, a.k.a. dehumanize women, don't you know? Quote, Women who love themselves are threatening, but men who love real women, more so. Naomi Wolf, from her book The Beauty Myth, 1990. The fact that we discuss women as though we all think and act having absorbed historically male supremacist definitions of beauty is more proof that our culture gives voice to women who buy into male supremacist norms and ignores those women's voices who actively rejected them long ago, generation after generation. that we are in the midst of a transitional period with respect to how we talk and think about beauty. After all, this is 2020, not 1950. People in the so-called beauty industry know that it's not politically correct to frame beauty as we did in the olden days. So you get all this beauty bargaining, like ethical beauty, organic beauty, redefined beauty, radiant beauty, inner beauty, pure beauty. But none of that really challenges the idea that women are beauty objects or includes men in the discussion of beauty. In fact, it's trendy for women to be directed to take pride in our empowered object status. Health clubs offer photo shoots to women as part of their fitness package. After you get your beachworthy body, you get to be filmed in slow motion, strutting around in a bikini and stiletto heels. The Orwellian message is that women's self-objectification is empowering. Hashtag woman empowerment. Creating new social norms to celebrate women's object status. If we were celebrating a woman's subject status in the fitness goal video, she'd be wearing flip-flops, not six-inch heels, which, let's face it, not only hurt, but deform her human anatomy, as any podiatrist honoring their Hippocratic oath will tell you. And she'd be showing us what she can do with her new and improved physique. Climb a mountain, maybe? It's also trendy to maintain the empowered object myth through inclusivity. Giving women who haven't been seen as eligible to meet beauty standards in the past new access to object status. Women of color, fat women, old women, women with disabilities, trans women, etc., I call this expansion of access to object status diversexy. Yes, diverse women, now you too can be promoted from invisible to visibly dehumanized. Cultural norms have their own momentum. They'll continue to thrive until they're disrupted in some way and replaced with something more satisfying. Well, stick around, because I'm about to tell you how to take back beauty. 
Everybody needs beauty as well as bread, places to play in and pray in, where nature may heal and give strength to body and soul. John Muir, Conservationist. The truth, however ugly in itself, is always curious and beautiful to seekers after it. Agatha Christie, writer. Through life's trials and hardships, we arise beautiful and free. Julia Butterfly Hill, environmental activist. After midnight, the moon set, and I was alone with the stars. I have often said that the lure of flying is the lure of beauty. Amelia Earhart, aviator. I decided that if I could paint that flower in a huge scale, you could not ignore its beauty. Georgia O'Keeffe, artist. Dance opens up the vistas of life to all who have the urge to express beauty. Ruth St. Dennis, modern dance pioneer. These voices of intelligence and heart taught me that beauty is our birthright. We all deserve to live lives of beauty. And when our media culture identifies beauty with one side of a sex binary and then puts a price tag on it, it restricts our access to the beauty that is within us and around us, if we but open our senses. I don't define beauty as the so-called feminine norms that I, as a female, must strive to achieve in order to be worthy of society's approval. Because I think of myself as the subject of my own life, I mainly think of beauty as something I perceive. I'm open to receiving beauty. I'm a biophiliac. That means life is my lover. Bio meaning life, and philia, meaning love, biophiliac. So, beauty applies to everything I perceive. Nature, art, music, dance, food, sex, love. Now I walk in beauty. Beauty is before me. Beauty is behind me, above and below me. Traditional Navajo Prayer Living La Vida de la Belleza has taught me the truth of beauty. Drumroll, please. Beauty is a feeling. I know beauty when I feel it. Balance, contentment, joy, hope, vitality. Quote, beauty is not a need but an ecstasy, a heart inflamed and a soul enchanted. Khalil Gibran, writer, artist, poet. Further, beauty is a healing feeling. One of the great deficits in our common awareness is the lack of understanding of trauma and how it affects our bodies. According to the National Council for Behavioral Health, 70% of adults in the U.S., have experienced some type of traumatic event at least once in their lives. That's a whole lot of trauma, much of it unresolved, and much of it manifesting in hyperarousal and hypervigilance. The beauty feeling can address the trauma stuck in the body, resetting the autonomic nervous system and normalizing calm and clarity in response to life's challenges. Imagine a world in which each of us took time every day to create beauty for ourselves and each other. Imagine if we took that as a cooperative duty 
to collectively heal each other and act both selfless and selfish. Because when we help to heal each other, it is possible to live in a safe, relaxed, reasonable, peaceful, and connected world. The 2017 true crime docuseries, The Keepers, tells the story of both church and police brutality perpetrated on at least 40 Catholic school girls from 1969 to 1975 by corrupt priests and police officers who repeatedly violently sexually assaulted these girls and the subsequent cover-ups by both institutions. The adult survivors featured in the series are admirable icons of how to heal from unimaginable personal trauma and institutional betrayal without succumbing to addictions, withdrawal, self-harm, hate, crime, or passing on one's trauma by abusing others. The Keeper's website devotes an entire section to personal healing, providing resources for trauma healing therapies such as guided imagery meditation, art, dance, poetry, animals, nature, and community support. You can explore these resources yourself by visiting thekeepersimpact.com because while our trauma may not be our fault, our healing is our responsibility. Rather than enabling the trauma stuck in our loved one's bodies, we can empower them by directing them to resources for healing. Quote, When I am in pain, I must know that beauty always has been and always will be. This is as close to eternity as I need to be. Bill T. Jones, choreographer, director, author, dancer. in March, when the COVID lockdown commenced, I started a daily art project to share with my close community to help with the challenges of our change in lifestyle. It was my way of doing my part to dial down the stress and fear that many were experiencing. The birth of this baby started in late winter of 2019, when I found a gold and silver sequin-covered pillow in the lobby of my apartment building. Someone had written, I'm free in the sequins. I said, I'm yours, and took it home. Then, in March, I started drawing pictures in the sequins, erasing them each day to start fresh with a new design. I dubbed this new artistic medium of sustainable art, Sparkle Puffy. Over time, Sparkle Puffy evolved, and I added inspirational poems, quotes, and snippets from diverse intelligent voices from the heart to go with each image. To date, there are 139 Sparkle Puffies which you can see on Instagram at amyluna.sparklepuffy. That's A-M-Y-L-U-N-A dot S-P-A-R-K-L-E-P-U-F-F-Y. The late fitness guru, Jack LaLanne, with his infectious enthusiasm, popularized the idea that each of us should have a regular exercise routine to maintain basic health. Previously, only athletes or physical laborers concerned themselves with physical fitness. Jack LaLanne normalized to all of us that regular exercise is an essential part of a healthy lifestyle. Even if we don't all practice that advice, we at least accept that provable truth. I would like to create an accepted provable beauty truth that creating beauty in the world is also essential, 
not only for our individual health, but also for a healthy society. I want all citizens to ask and answer the question, what's my beauty duty? The great thing about beauty is, it doesn't have to cost anything. It's accessible to everyone. Some of the poorest communities in the world have created profound and lasting beauty in artistic traditions. Gypsy Roma Flamenco, Brazilian Capoeira, and African-American Blues are just a few examples. We all have a body and a voice. We can dance and sing and speak poetry. In 2008, artistic director Keith Terry founded the International Body Music Festival. For the past 12 years, this annual festival has showcased traditional and contemporary body music from around the world. Humanity is full of music traditions made entirely by using only the human anatomy. Quote, Mr. Terry and his colleagues in action is like visiting an anatomical carnival, where hands, feet, fingers, bellies, rumps, and mouths engage in an endless musical ballet. Wall Street Journal. You can draw and write with only paper and pencil, carve scraps of wood with a pocket knife. Gardening is another low-cost way to create beauty. All you need are some pots, dirt, seedlings, and sunshine. Just add water and some patience and voila, you've grown beauty. My home, Chateau Beauté, was decorated entirely with items that have been repurposed to create my beauty castle. When choosing your own beauty duty, make sure it's sustainable. We don't want to compromise the beauty of the earth by filling it with a bunch of plastic and chemicals. Reduce, reuse, recycle. I have been honored to spend decades as a dance and music instructor, mentoring others to live lives of beauty. While some of my students have gone on to professional careers, the vast majority are creating beauty in dance and music for themselves and those around them. Too many people miss out on lives of beauty because they think that creating art is only valid if you're making money from it or if it's seen by masses of people. In my work, I've traveled around the world and seen dozens of cultures in which art is considered an everyday part of the richness of life. Men are beautiful. Part of my beauty lifestyle is appreciating male beauty. And yes, I have a type. I love joyful males, smiling males, happy males, men who fully realize their subject and object status, and mine too. I mostly imagine these males because we haven't yet produced many of them. Or if we do, we nip that in the bud and tell them as soon as possible that they are deviant. If you come across one of these visionary unicorns, send him to me because I'd like to meet him. I can dream, can I? It's actually curious that humans assign the task of creating seductive beauty and appearance to females. The animal kingdom is full of examples of male adornments to attract a female mate for procreation. In today's slang, the term peacocking refers to human males dressing for attention. A term that refers to the male of that species. Females are peahens, and lack the flashy tail feathers that the males of the species put on display to attract a female mate. Another way we distance men from the healing feeling of beauty is by saying that a beautiful home is created with a woman's touch. No, 
creating beauty is a human's touch. But a word of caution to men. As you embrace the idea that a sensual, pleasing appearance does matter to others, don't absorb the toxic media messages now being directed towards males that you must adhere to a masculine standard. Because that's just the flip side of the dehumanizing objectification women have historically experienced. Women can help men live a beauty lifestyle by encouraging men who create beauty. We can even fit it under the historically male gender role if that helps. Men are supposed to protect, right? Well, unresolved trauma in our communities is the source of much of the traumatic violence that women and men experience today. Men can keep society safe for all by being warriors for beauty in themselves and the world around them. National park rangers are a good example of warriors for beauty. In July of 2013, I spoke to male veterans at Under the Hood Cafe in Kylene, Texas, near Fort Hood Army Base, about the importance of clearing combat trauma from the body in order to remain fighting fit. I explained the biology behind how trauma is stored in the body and creates hyperarousal and hypervigilance that compromises a soldier's ability to respond effectively in life-or-death situations. After my talk, an officer and West Point graduate said to me, You know, the Army tells us all this, but the men don't believe it. They say the Army has gone soft. I looked at him and said, When the Army teaches you how to clear trauma, that's the Army going strong. I've had many rewarding moments in my life, but one I'll never forget is the look on that officer's face when the penny dropped and his consciousness hit the jackpot. I saw his paradigm shift right before my eyes. Roman Baga is a classically trained ballet dancer who also served in Fallujah, Iraq as a U.S. Marine. In 2008, he co-founded Exit 12 Dance Company, whose repertoire includes, quote, voices that had something powerful to say about the military experience. According to their mission statement, Exit 12 advances the notion that art heals and is devoted to serving those who have been touched by conflict by expressing their stories and championing the humanity and dignity of all persons. They also conduct veteran movement workshops to directly connect with the community they serve. When we limit men's experience with beauty to women as sex objects, we condemn them to a life of sucking beauty from the world through the straw of a female partner and rob them of the ability to heal. We owe our military warriors of all sexes an immeasurable debt for putting their basic humanity on hold in combat situations in order to keep the rest of us safe. We can repay that debt by supporting the healing of their hearts. Quote, Post-traumatic stress disorder? How is this a disorder? What part of being emotionally and spiritually affected by gross violence is a disorder? How about going to war and coming home with a clear conscience disorder? I think that would be far more appropriate. Matt Howard, Iraq War veteran. buy into their object status. Other women reject it entirely. But you can't opt out of being an object in the world. 
How we present ourselves to others has an effect on other people. Again, the balanced truth is that all of us, female and male, are the subjects of our own lives and simultaneously the object of the lives of others. Environmentalists apply this truth to nature. When we treat nature as an object for consumption, we deny the subjectivity of nature, that nature has its own cycles of wisdom, and we ignore them at our own peril. Yet a growing body of research shows that experiencing nature from our own subjectivity balances our own well-being. Like people, nature is both the object of our admiration and the subject of our survival. I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. Alice Walker, The Color Purple Knowing that I am both object and subject is how I came to create Passion Fashion. I wanted to clothe myself in sensual beauty and remain fully functional, all while honoring the subjectivity of nature by using repurposed textiles. Quote, Form and function should be one, joined in a spiritual union. Frank Lloyd Wright, architect. I resolved to practice Wright's mantra as a textile architect. So much of fashion completely ignores women's subjectivity. I mean, just look at men's fashion versus women's fashion. Men's fashion is utterly functional. Even a tuxedo allows men to move through the world with energy and purpose. But as soon as a woman dons a pair of high heels, for example, she's greatly compromised her physical agency in the world. If I can't walk for hours in an art museum, saunter through a forest, or dance the night away in comfort, you can keep your incapacitating footwear. As pioneering footwear brand Teva said, free your feet and your mind will follow. That's been my experience. I also wanted to be a walking work of art, and that beauty duty is nothing new. In 2005, I was invited to bring my ethnic dance company to participate in the Beijing International Cultural Festival in the People's Republic of China. Ethnic dance companies are chosen from all over the world to participate in this prestigious international event, and their costumes are spectacular. So I've seen up close the beauty, creativity, and sensuality of ethnic dress from all over the world, that also allows for total mobility of the wearer while expressing the virtues and values of each culture. Diverse communities throughout human history all knew the same truth and expressed that truth through their clothing, that beauty is not a luxury, it's a necessity. I wanted to bring that truth into my life every single day. My goal was to create clothing that was as comfy as pajamas and as elegant as the red carpet, honoring both form and function. That practice of honoring form and function is why the pandemic hasn't changed my daily routine regarding personal grooming and clothing. Because long before COVID-19, I had already balanced my being in the world as both object and subject. I still enjoy the 10 minutes a day I take to apply light makeup, style my hair, wear jewelry, and celebrate color and creativity through clothing. I enjoy the beauty duty of creating a pleasing visual presentation with my person for others and myself that is sensual, not sexual. I don't have to do it. I like to do it. My daily routine is performative, and I'm part of the audience. But I'm also careful to make sure that I'm not compromising function for form. The two can coexist in a spiritual union that uplifts ourselves and the world. Quote, I would have girls regard themselves not as adjectives, but nouns. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, abolitionist, 
women's rights activist. If Katie Stanton were alive today, I like to think she'd understand why I would have humans of all sexes regard themselves both as adjectives and nouns, as beauty objects and subjects, creators and consumers of the precious resource of beauty. When teaching dance, I ask my students, what's the most important part of a dancer's body? Answer, their face. Meaning, if your face is scared, worried, or stressed, you will pass that energy on to the audience, no matter how graceful your movements. Like a dancer, each of us can honor the effect we have on the world by valuing and protecting our emotional happiness and physical comfort, because a luminous smile, sparkling eyes, and bright spirit are priceless authentic beauty traits that anyone can possess and express. My beauty goal is not to have every man I meet want to mate with me, but for everyone I meet to feel great with me. But Amy Luna, when I listen to you talk about beauty, I feel judged. Well, I'm not judging people. I'm judging choices. And we absolutely can and should voice the connection between the choices we make and their effects on ourselves and the world around us. Because connecting those dots helps people to make good choices, and that benefits us all. I'm suggesting that each of us, male, female, or intersex, take a look at how we balance our object and subject status. Do our beauty choices lead to happiness for us and the people around us? And if not, I'm saying that you hold the power to change those choices and change your life. I resist and refuse any choices that compromise my human function. For example, my nails have been trimmed short my entire adult life, so I can create a beauty-healing feeling by performing my piano compositions for myself and others. Like this. Did you get it? The healing feeling? I hope so. Quote, Art is nothing but heart. Sadiako, Japanese singer, dancer, musician, actor, 
and humanitarian. But what about the beauty industry, beauty pageants, and the like? Well, beauty is just too big and important a word to be used in this way. According to Merriam-Webster, the word cosmetic, when used as an adjective, means done or made for the sake of appearance, such as correcting defects, decorative, ornamental, not substantive, superficial. A much better word than beauty to describe cosmetic application would be glamour, whose dictionary definition refers to a quality that is alluring, magical, illusory. The glamour industry, or glamour pageants. And then we could celebrate the glorious, glitzy-free expression of male drag queens for what it is, glamour. Instead of forcing that audacious aesthetic into a binary biological sex affiliation by calling it feminine. Remember, when you assign beauty to the female sex, you limit all men's access, gay and straight, cis and trans, to this vital healing resource. Finally, at age 54, I'd like to say a few words about beauty and aging. Earlier this year, I was amused reading an op-ed in a highly respected national newspaper in which a woman in her 30s said that she just couldn't bring herself to see wrinkles and gray hair as beautiful and was fearful of aging. I want to say to her and all young women who feel this way, chillax, because when you live a life in beauty, by the time you reach my age, everything is beautiful, including yourself. My name is Amy Luna. Why wouldn't I want silver hair? Once, when I was in my 30s, I was having lunch with some female friends and the grandmother of one of them, who was affectionately called Meme by everyone who knew her. Meme, then in her 80s, was a force of elegance, poise, and wisdom. So I was excited to have the opportunity to ask her a burning question. Meme, I said, on behalf of all the young women at the table, which decade was the best for you? Your 20s? 30s? Which one? Meme paused and deeply reflected on the question while we waited with anticipation. When she finally spoke, she said, You know, I can honestly say that each decade has been better than the last. Wow. That answer floored me and changed my life forever. Not just because it completely shifted my concept of aging, but because I hadn't even considered that as a possible answer. I realized that I had unconsciously absorbed the ageism of our culture that says that life peaks at some age and then declines. Meme's voice of intelligence and heart lifted that lie from my life forever. We gain so much that is precious when we listen to elders with voices of intelligence and heart. Quote, Being in your 40s, any woman who isn't there yet, I just have to say to you, euphoria is coming to you. Tori Amos. True Dad. Okay, beautykins, all you kindred spirits of beauty, get out there and do your beauty duty, and don't let anyone stop you. Make beauty and perceive beauty. Let's heal ourselves, each other, and our world together.
Let's take back beauty. Join me in my next podcast when I'll be discussing the art of the smart heart, balancing compassion and boundaries with ourselves and the world, because boundaries are beautiful. A practical way to be a warrior for beauty is to lend your support to those who create it. If my art and ideas have added value to your life, please consider adding value to mine. Check the description in this podcast episode and whatever platform you're using for a link to sign up as a supporter, or visit amyluna.com to learn how to lend your financial support to Team Beauty. You can also join my email list to hear first each time I drop a new dress in the collection and find links to add your voice to my social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. That's amyluna.com, A-M-Y-L-U-N-A, where you can also download the Voices podcast theme for free, featuring quotes from the luminaries in the Voices collection. And remember, make choices for voices of intelligence and heart. Till next time! Heart is nothing but heart. Flying solo, flying free. And the moments of awareness all linked up. There is light and love and intelligence. Everything I want to be loved. My spirit rose above. Everything I want to be loved. Truth is all. Beautiful. Difficult as necessary. I have pursued the path of peace. Difficult as necessary. I have pursued the path of peace. Truth is always beautiful. Flying solo, flying free. Difficult as necessary. True north is inside us. Heart is nothing but heart. Flying solo, flying free. We have.